0: So let's do just a quick overview once again of of the book of Ephesians. It's a letter that Paul wrote while he was in prison. It's one of several letters that he wrote to churches while he was in prison. And the fundamental truth that Paul wants the readers of this letter for us to understand is that if you are in Christ... You are extremely blessed. In just the third verse into this letter, Ephesians 1, 3 says this, Praise be to the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So he spent the first three chapters talking about how blessed we are that that God has provided for us everything that we need in every, for every aspect of our lives, no matter what we're going through. And it and he talked about not only the blessings that he provided, but the cost of those blessings that Jesus paid for us to be able to experience those. And it's not what we can earn. We find, so we, we, we shared three words to help us just kind of get in our mind and get into our heart and bring to memory about this book, the first word was to sit. And this is our position in Christ. Should be a place online for you to be able to follow along as well as the notes in your seats. To be able to follow along. This is our position in Christ. Ephesians 2, 6 says, And and Jesus raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So it's not what this, this um, relationship with Christ, being right with him is not because what we, or what we can do to earn it or if we can be good enough. It is what Jesus has already done. It's a place of rest. It's not a place of work. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. It's what Jesus has already done. Aren't you thankful for that? He can take all of the weight of our sin, all of the weight of our guilt, all of the weight of our shame, all of the weight of any of our fears, past, present, or future. It's a place of rest. All right, the second word was walk. So our position in Christ is a place of rest. And then we found in chapter 4, verse 1, that then we walk that out to the world. This is our life in the world. The way we walk this out is is to walk this high calling, this high position that Jesus has paid for and that he has positioned us in then we walk worthy of that position that he has placed us in and the, the chapter 4 verse 1 through chapter 6 verse 9 covers very practical ways on how we walk this walk this out that we walk worthy whether it be in our personal lives in our families the way we uh, in our marriages and the way that we handle our our Parenting. Some of y'all right up into the middle of that. That'll, some of the you got up this morning and got you in a funk. <laughs> Talked about how how he how you walk that out in the workplace. So go back and go back and pay attention to that. But today we're we're going to close it out with the last with the third word to stand. This is our attitude towards the enemy. And I'm so thankful um, that we don't have to fight for our position in Christ. And we really don't even have to take ground from the enemy for our victory in Christ. All we have to do is stand as the enemy comes to try to take away what Jesus has provided for us we don't, have to, we don't have to go after it and fight for it we just have to stand against him that's our attitude towards the enemy look at verse 10 of chapter 6 and we're going to, we're looking, going to look at chapter 6 verse 10 through 20 And then we're just going to look at a few observations from these verses. Finally, be strong in the Lord. And whose mighty power? His mighty power. He gives us everything that we need for life and for godliness. Even to fight against the enemy, to stand against the enemy. He gives us his power to do it. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil and heavenly realms. You need to remember that. You need to remember who your real enemy is. me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Lord, as we open up your word today, I just pray that all of our hearts would just be opened, that all distractions would be minimized. Lord, that we would receive from you what you would have us to receive and that it would change our lives. In Jesus name and everybody say it. Amen. Amen. At some point, every believer will come face to face with the fact that much of the time, the Christian life is, seems at least, more of a battleground than a playground. Isn't that true? I can I promise you that at some point you're going to have to stand your ground against the enemy. He is going to come against you. If he's not coming against you, you might ought to worry about that. So let me just, let's just give a few observations from these few verses. First of all, there is a devil. There is an enemy, and the enemy is not the one sitting beside you. <laughs> Barna, which is a, a one of the one of the most respected um, researchers, especially in in the, the the church world, but also throughout. They released an American, uh, the American Worldview Inventory of 2020. This was done April of last year through the Cultural Research Center at Arizona uh, Christian University. Listen to some of the findings. The study found that 51% of Americans believe God is an all-powerful, all-knowing, perfect, and just creator of the universe who still rules the world today. It's a significant decline from 30 years ago when the number was 73%. So 30 years ago, 73% of of folks in the United States believed that, first of all, that there is a God and that he's all-powerful, all-knowing, perfect, and he's a just creator who is still involved in the world today. When asked about, going back to this study, when asked about the existence of Satan, 56% said Satan is not is not merely a symbol of evil, but is a real spiritual being and influences human lives. Forty-nine percent, on the other hand, said they are not entirely sure that God exists. So the authors conclude. Americans are now more confident about the existence of Satan than they are about God. There has also been a striking rise in the level of skepticism about God's existence. 30 years ago, only 1% of Americans said a higher power may may. Only 1% of Americans said a higher power may exist, but not nobody really knows for certain. But now 20% agree that a higher power may exist, but nobody can be, but you can't be certain. <laughs> Study also, this is my conclusion, also found that Americans are really confused <laughs> because the same survey reported and showed that 71% of these same folks, 71% believe God loves them unconditionally and 66% believe that God has a purpose for everything that happens in their lives. It shows the American culture, though. And we as followers of Christ, we must hold on, we need to put on the armor of God because the devil is real and the devil is scheming to steal, kill, and destroy you. And he takes his job very serious. He is very serious about that, many times way more serious about that than we are about standing against him. His desire and plan is to steal, Kill and destroy. But that certainly does not mean that God wants us walking around in fear. I'm glad I got a few head shakes on that. It would be helpful if you said, Amen. We don't have to fear that. It doesn't mean that we need to fear it or that we're helpless to stand against it. God has provided, the next observation, God has provided armor to protect and empower us to stand against the enemy. But it's really important that we put on the armor. We put it on. We have to choose to use what God has given us and what he has provided for us To be able to stand against him. And every piece of the armor is important. Every piece of the armor is important. Because Satan looks for the unguarded area where we can get, where he can get in and look and create a stronghold in our lives. So we don't, we need to put on every piece. And we're going to go just real quickly through these pieces of armor. Some of y'all have, have, um, have been serving God and been going through your word for a long time, but part of the reason that we are, we're taking time a couple of times, three times a year is because there's a lot of believers that are not reading their word. All of the statistics show that as well. And so we want to make sure that we're going through and we know what God has provided, and we know the word of God. So the belt of truth, we need to put on. Paul, Paul had a good picture because he was in prison so much. He knew what the Roman, what the Roman armor looked like. So he kind of com- compared and correlated, gave a picture of this for us, the belt of truth. Satan is a liar. The only time that Satan tells the truth is whenever you have failed and he continues to bring that failure up over and over and over. The lie about it is is that God doesn't love you anymore because you failed. That's a lie he will pervert the truth with a lie he is a liar he is an accuser of the brethren of the of us followers of christ but the believer whose life is controlled by truth will defeat his lies and it is really important that we the reason why paul brought up the belt of truth first is because the 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 belt held the other parts of the armor together and the truth is the foundation that holds together the life of the victorious follower of Christ. We must live by truth because an experience with God, uh, listen, an experience with God is vital. But we must build our lives on the truth of God. Otherwise, what we believe is determined by our feelings, and our feelings change like the wind. And so many people are placing what they believe on how they feel. That's how a person can believe they're a boy one day and believe they're a girl the next day. It's how only 51% of the people asked in this survey can say they believe in God and then 71% believe, believe that God loves them. Their feelings changed from the beginning to the end of the survey. This belt of truth also held the sword. And unless we practice the truth We cannot use the word of truth against the enemy whenever he comes. Once a lie gets into the life of a believer, everything falls apart. We must put on the belt of truth. If we're going to be able to stand firmly against the attacks of the enemy. And then the second thing that we saw there is the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. This was a piece of armor made of metal plates or chains, and it covered the body from from the neck to the waist, both front and back, and it connected to the belt. And it symbolizes the believer's righteousness in Christ as well as the righteous life in Christ. So the righteousness of Christ that is applied to us is our position in him. But we also need to walk it out in the world. Because when Satan accuses the Christian, it is the righteousness of God that assures the believer of his salvation. You are You are at a place of rest in your position with Christ because it's what Jesus did, not what you do. We're seated in Christ. But but our positional righteousness in Christ without practicing righteousness in our daily lives gives Satan the opportunity to attack. A person of integrity with a clear conscience can face the enemy without fear because it gives the enemy less ammunition to to fire at us. We okay? Our position in Christ is a place of rest then we walk that out and the more more wholeheartedly that we walk that out before God and the world makes better our being able to stand against the enemy. And then you've got, well, I got to move quick. Seth must have worshiped a long time today. The shoes of the gospel. So we we have the belt of truth. We have the breastplate of righteousness. Then we have the shoot of the gospel of peace. The Roman soldier wore sandals with, with nails in the soles to give them better footing for the battle. Kind of like spikes if you're, if you're playing baseball or soccer or football or... Golf, it's a little slower than those other ones. I love golf right now. Gave them more more sure footing. Because we have peace with God that comes from the gospel, we don't have to fear the attacks of the enemy. He has given us a sure footing through the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's It's a gospel of peace. We have peace with God. And living a life of righteousness gives us the peace of God as well. It's it's the gospel of peace. And we must have, we must be at peace with God and with each other if we are going to be able to stand against the enemy. It's the gospel of peace. But the shoes have another meaning because we must be prepared each day to share the gospel of peace with others, we need to spread it to a lost world that is without peace. Amen? We got a world that's without some peace. Satan has declared war. But we are Christ. The Bible says that we're Christ ambassadors. We represent Christ. So we should be spreaders of peace wherever we go and then we have the shield of faith the shield was was a lot was large usually about four feet by two feet made of wood and was covered with a tough leather and as the soldier held it before him it protected him from spears arrows and fiery darts and during whenever I was looking back this week I, I noticed something that I'd never noticed that as many times as I've gone through the armor of God or whatever this comment one commentary that I was looking at was, talked about how the 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 shields were made to where they would interlock with the with the other persons with the other soldiers shield so they would Whenever they were being attacked, they could come together and their shields would interlock and make a wall. What an awesome picture of how we can stand together against the enemy. We can stand better together than apart whenever we put our shields of faith together. Amen? Seth, you can come on back. Then I had the helmet of salvation. The helmet refers to the mind controlled by God. Romans 12, two talks about the be, that we, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Do we see how important the Word of God is? And we come into even more important, some more importance of the Word of God in the, the next piece of armor, the sword of the Spirit. It's the offensive weapon that God provides for us. The the, the Roman soldier wore on his girdle a short sword, say that fast, which was used for close-in fighting. There's a whole lot of us. that are at a great disadvantage because we don't know how. And sometimes we just leave the sword off. And we enjoy a good experience with God, a time of worship, man. Then we leave out the day and we may put on some other things, but we don't put in... Sword of the spirit and if we don't know how to use that against the enemy it's our only offensive weapon we need to be we need to know the promises of God we need to know the word of God that tells us our position in Christ whenever the accuser comes and says you are a sorry low down scumbag dog God is against you now instead of for you need to bring out the word of God there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus there's not a situation that you're going through in life that God does not have a promise to cover we need to know because it helps us to stand. It helps us to back the enemy off. The sword was the offensive weapon that God provides to us. And many of us are at a disadvantage when the enemy attacks because we haven't put on the sword. And I'm challenging us to not just go through a book of the Bible as I read through it on a Sunday morning and try to give encouragement. Man, pick up the sword on a daily basis. Carry a, carry a switchblade around everywhere you go. That's what I call my New Testament. helpful it'll keep you from being deceived and then Paul closes out with the importance of prayer to help us stand against the enemy look what he says again or listen I'm not sure if it's up there or not and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people Pray also for me that when that whenever I speak words may be given to me so that I can fear so I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should Prayer energizes and enlarges the army of God He goes through several several things real quickly got you up here a little early first thing he says pray in the spirit don't just pray under your own influence the spirit of God is provided for us to help us pray powerfully you don't have to just pray your own self we can talk whole message on praying in the spirit then pray find here pray consistently and persistently pray consistently and persistently with pray all kinds of prayers there's all kinds of prayers some of you may think that it's just man God help me We, part of what we've already talked about. Let me just give you five areas of prayer. I share this almost every time during 21 days of prayer and fasting, or 21 days of prayer and feasting. If you're looking to develop your life of prayer, and you say you wanted to pray 30 minutes, take five minutes in this worship guide. Praise and worship. Take five minutes. Just thank Him. Thank Him. You have so many things to be thankful for. You need to think of things to thank. Then confession. Lord, I confess my failures to you. I know that you can handle it forgive me for doubting forgive me for fearing forgive me for those other things that ain't none of your business none of your business his business yes he already knows but also confess the promises of God it's not just confessing sin confessing failure it's confessing God's promises And then intercession that's what He's doing here, pray for all the brothers and sisters because we need to be praying for one another. And then petition. That's that's the things that we pray for that we need personally. God cares about all of that. And he says, pray in the spirit and pray with all kinds of prayers. Then the thing we see is pray with your eyes open. He said, be alert, be watchful. The enemy is out to destroy you. So pray with the eyes of your heart, wide open. Pray for each other, always. How many of you need it? (laughs) I need it, the rest of you didn't. You need it because you're a liar. Then the last thing, last thing, is don't hesitate to ask. Paul said, I'm writing you this letter. But man, I'm telling you, I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray that I stay, that God helps me to stay bold. While I'm in, even though I'm in prison, he didn't pray for healing. He didn't even pray for deliverance out of prison. He said, let me share the gospel fearlessly. God help us Amen Lord we come to you right now All of us are at different stages Lord I thank you for the ones who made a commitment to you last week Praise God for that There's others that have been serving you for many years I thank you, God, that we're any of us who are in Christ. We're at a place of rest with you. We have been justified by what you have done, but God. Right now, I just pray that we would that we would recognize the enemy, recognize our enemy, that we wouldn't be distracted and start. Thinking that our brothers and sisters or somebody else, maybe our husbands or wives or kids, maybe our enemy. God, we have an enemy. Let us recognize that and put on the full armor that you have provided. Thank you, oh God, for providing what we need to be able to walk in victory and stand in victory against the enemy. And God, I just pray right now that there's anybody here who has not surrendered, who've not received what you have provided. Lord, whether it be that position in you where they have surrendered their life to you and what you've done for them, or whether it be, oh God, they, they have things in their life that need to be surrendered. They need to put on that breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness. God, I pray as we worship you right now that we would stand firm against the enemy because your word gives life, gives hope, and is a firm foundation for us to walk in light and in love and in peace as well as in victory over the enemy. Lord, I thank you for that. And I pray that today you would continue to make yourself known. Let's worship.